Welcome back to another episode of Crossing Broadcast. I am your host, Kyle Pagan. If you get a chance, hit that thumbs up. Thumbs up. Hello, I'm going to unmute myself because you lost your audio. What the fuck? Yeah. I had such a good intro planned. <laughs> I had such a good fucking <laughs> intro planned. Here, wait, do you want me to here? Let me jump back out. And you no, no, it's here. ruined now. I was really just going to take people back to the to the winter, the Februarys of 2022. Was I was I muted the whole time? No, you started talking and then you went you went quiet after that. Uh, I need a new so. mic. I hate this fucking thing. Well, we got a good podcast for you today. We got Jamie Lynch coming on at 1230. It's Rational oh, okay. Tuesday where we come from the highs of the highs of a win to the lows of the lows of a loss. We just try to meet in the middle. And, and, and what I wanted to do was I wanted to take you on a journey back to 2020 in February, the dark and gray and the dismal February when the QB wanted out. The coach was fired. Rob Sala was taking the Jets job, who was the worst franchise 10 years uh, for the last decade over a team that just won the Super Bowl three seasons before that. Um, what else happened? Oh, we hire a bumbling idiot. Well, bumbling idiot that stuttered during the press conference. And so everyone was like, this guy can't lead men. He'll never be a leader of men. He starts off two and five. He makes a flower analogy that just is the most, sounds like the most asinine analogy of all time. He loses to the Chargers. Uh, a fan from the stands throws a flower at him. And then you have the whole quarterback. And you have you have uh, they go to the playoffs last year. They get trounced by the Buccaneers. Everyone's asking about you know can this guy be the guy? Can he do it? They get insurance for next year, the first round pick. Basically, he was told we'd rather kick the tires on a guy with twenty four sexual assaults than put you as our starting quarterback next season. And now we're sitting here. We're ten and one. The bumbling idiot is nineteen and nine. And if anyone's got a problem with this team. And anyone who's got that Negadelphia opinion about this team, take yourself back to two years ago when it looked like the rebuild was going to take three years. That's it was a, it was a more concise, it was a more better intro, I thought. But you know, audio issues. That's what you're going to have to get. Kev, what do you think? It's all right, man. I thought that was a good uh, <laughs> representation of what you're going to say. You know, some good perspective there, going back and bringing people back to to what we witnessed not long ago. You you. Uh, you know, I love a rational Tuesday, you know, so I thought that was a very good um, introduction on your part. And I would say, too, that, um, you know, I never thought that they were I, not once on uh, during that game on Sunday night. Did I think that they were going to lose? OK, you know, um, that was kind of like my like the, you know, the thought that was like permeating my my brain, Um you know, during, during the entirety of that game, because it was, it was like you blinked and you looked and it was like Green Bay was up 14, 13. I was like, Whoa, shit. What just, what just happened here? You know? Uh, I think the Jake with, Elliott extra point miss. That's yeah. when I was like, you know what? This, this, this might be a long game. This might be a long game today. Yeah. I mean, at that point it was like, uh, you know, and look, they scored so quickly too. It's like, well, they're not, they, I mean, they've got, you know, plenty of time to come back and make this a game green Bay. I didn't think they were going to go down and score every single time. It's not, that's not big 12. This is not Houston versus uh, SMU this year. You know what I'm saying? Um, mm -hmm. So I didn't think it was going to be, it was a high scoring game, but it wasn't like out of control, you know, and green Bay worked their way back into it. And the Eagles made some mistakes. And, you know, I think like in the first, first half, definitely like those short fields killed them. Um, mm -hmm. You know, it was like self-inflicted mistakes and whatnot. But I think, I think the key, I think for me, when I really realized like, all right, this is, fine no no problem here it was when they had that nice drive before the half 
you know, they went up 20, I guess 27, 20, was it? I was like, all right, they got this. They're going to get back on track. And they, and they rebuilt the, the two score lead. It got a little dicey with Jordan Love there and the touchdown that they gave up. But I mean, at the end of the day, like they, they covered and, um, yeah, the funny thing to me was like, you know, we had complained about Jonathan Gannon two weeks ago and his unit won the game basically in Indy. And then you you flip it back and forth. And then where the offense was shit and the defense was good. And then this game, the defense was shit and the offense was good. So to me, man, it just seems it just seems to suggest that they gotta pull it all together again. They gotta they gotta, you know, bring everything back in, in sync more than anything. You know, that that that's kind of kind of where I'm at on a on a rational Tuesday pagan. How much do you think injuries play into that? Because obviously you have Avante mm-hmm. Maddox on the one side. You got CJ GJ going out today. Jordan Davis, obviously. And then on the offensive side, it's basically Dallas Goddard. But he's your second best receiver in the uh, on the team. Yeah, I mean it was it was big for sure. I you know I'm, I would love to go back and look at like the um, the personnel deployment because I think in the first game without Dallas Goddard, they kind of just kept doing what they were doing. They still ran twelve personnel, and they then they kind of just went next man up, and they didn't really adjust what they were doing schematically, you know, I mean, I thought, I think we were thinking maybe, you know, Zach Pascal might get more snaps and they might go four wide receivers or they might kind of mix it up a little bit, but they largely have not been, been doing that. Um, you know, yeah, I mean, no Jordan Davis, no Avante Maddox, you know, CJ Gardner Johnson goes out. So three, you know, quote unquote, I mean, if you want to call Jordan Davis a starter, you know, in the, in the bear front, then yeah, sure. You can say that they were missing three starters for this game or 2.5 if you want to put an asterisk on it. But yeah, that stuff does start to catch up catch up to you i mean dallas goddard at the same time um i know it's it's not really profound to say but i just keep coming back to the idea of like they 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 find ways to get it done they're finding ways mm-hmm. to win. you know I, I feel like eagles teams of the past or teams that are shitty would, would 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 not be doing that you know like they would have the loss against washington i think lesser teams would have come out and they would have lost to india you know mm-hmm. what i'm saying you know but but for that the, to me that was kind of the turning point because i was like okay they they can they're not playing the same way that they played through the first X amount of games. Like if they're really on a skid, they would have lost that indie game. I think they showed me something when they came out and won that. Um, and also it just shows, you know, what it, you know, what it shows too. And people aren't really talking about this, just how powerful each of the individual units can be when they're playing up to their potential. The defense was good enough in the indie game to basically win that game for them. And the mm-hmm. offense was good enough in this game to basically win the game for him. So, uh, you know, if they can get it off the firing on all cylinders and, and all clicking at the same time, then that then Super Bowl is, is the limit for this team, you know? So you like, the, you like the adversity, you like them getting punched in the mouth and being able to respond. This team's like, yeah, man, I think that, I think that was a legitimate take too, you know, cause when we were doing this earlier in the season, you know, if, if anything that people were talking about, you know, you could talk about the negative complainers and the stuff that's not warranted, but every team does have to have to face that and prove that they can get over that hump. I mean, didn't you and I say however many weeks ago that them going down 14, nothing to Jacksonville and then coming back was really like the first legitimate punch counter punch that they, that they took and then threw. Right. I'd like to believe we did. Yeah, and I mean, some people question that because it's like, well, you're playing at home and they kind of stink and the weather was shitty and Trevor Lawrence couldn't hold on to the ball. You could come up with any number of excuses or like explainers that you wanted to, but if that wasn't the case, then you have to believe in that after the the Colts game, you know? And then after this game as well, too, because they they gave up the lead at the same time. So it's not like they've been cruising in all of these games. I, I just I just still go back to the same the same thing that I've been leaning on for the last couple of weeks now. Like, I think Eagles teams of years past or top level NFL teams of years past would have would have lo- would have found a way to lose either the indie game or the the Green Bay game. 
you know, and the oh. fact that they did not play as well as we know that they're capable of playing and still came out and 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 got the job done. Um, to me, that's that's got to be the biggest biggest takeaway. You know, you're getting closer to Maddox coming back. You're getting closer to Davis coming back. See what happens with the safety position. Um, yeah, but if in the meantime you got what are we calling him? What did we come up with the nickname for Blankenship yet? For uh, we got Vanilla Nice. We've got him Carry. Mm-hmm. We've got uh, Dinner in Blankenship, which I thought that was a very yeah. well put together one for you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then we have Beavis Island, which I think is my favorite. Beavis, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Um, does he go on your top five white uh, Eagles? Whoa, whoa. Why do we got to wait? Why do you got to bring race into it? Yeah. Yeah. That was funny reading that. We are, uh, we are so racist against whites at Crossing Broad. Never met a white guy liked. What does, what does race have to do with it? Yeah. You know, I mean, shout out to Jason Seahorn, shout out to John Lynch, shout out to Anus Williams, who I think was half black, half white. But I think we're <laughs> we're the white delegation is going to claim him like the Chappelle show back in the day. Yeah. Uh, we're going to draft him to our white white DBs list. Yeah. Um, yeah. Actually, this is a good this is a good uh, question from EJM. Do we have Malcolm J- Malcolm Jenkins comeback tour takes? Um, he was on with uh, John Clark on his podcast. Didn't mm-hmm. listen to the clip, but supposedly that's making the rounds right now, saying that he was still in shape, that he still could play, that he could still kick the tires. I would say it just depends on how long C.J. Garner-Johnson's out. It's such a weird injury because, first of all, lacerated seems severed. Like, lacerated, can we just can we, can we we find a better synonym for lacerated? Because I think, right now, I think blood is just pouring out of C.J. Gardner-Johnson's kidney, and we have to fix that right now. But um, Yeah, that's a tough for, word, man. There's so much variation on how yeah, much. Like, you, know, you could you could have a paper cut. I could, yeah. It's that's a laceration. A laceration, right. Does he have a paper cut on his kidney, or are we talking like a full-on yeah. steak knife to the, uh, to the kidney? Um, yeah. The thing is, it's such a weird injury because you have Marshawn Lattimore, who's been out for seven weeks now. You had Jordan Poyer back in 16, who got hurt in week seven and then uh, missed the rest of the season. And then you have Zach Ertz, who is a, a, a modern medical miracle, who got hurt and I want to say, week 16 or week 17, missed the last game of the season, and then came back against the Seahawks in the playoffs with a lacerated kidney. So yeah. it, it's it's the reports right now is out indefinitely. So it, it seems like an IR stint. It seems like it's going to be one of those, one of those uh, four to five, six, seven-week injuries, but it's not season-ending. So... You know, it depends. I mean, they kicked the tires on Stu. They kicked the tires on Linval Joseph. Both guys that you would say, you know, are old, you know, and we're sitting on the couch for the first eight weeks, 10 weeks, 11 weeks. So mm-hmm. why not? I mean, the guy lives in the area. Bring him in. Let's see. Let's see what his vitals are looking like. Yeah. Now, Jenkins is 34 now. Um, he's not ancient, you know, like he's a guy who's always kept himself in shape i mean he's not going to come in and fail, be a a risk to fail a physical right i mean you could certainly go to him if you needed to uh i, I think and correct me if i'm wrong but i thought i saw mcclain say that uh for gardner johnson he did not have there was no cracked rib to go with it there right? wasn't okay okay so marshall right. latimer also has two broken ribs so that might yeah, be I, reason why yeah. He's- yeah listen i'm not um yeah, I'm, I'm not a medical expert here. I'm not Dr. Ch- Chow or whatever that, whoever the doctor is who's always posting NFL. Um, yeah, I thought he got his license taken away too. Are we really injury. letting him uh, just just tell us everything? Wasn't he like a former doctor who was disgraced? Oh. Allegedly, this is all alleged. Yeah, am I thinking of the wrong guy here? He was the she was with the Chargers, right? Didn't he, he get the Chargers? Licensed? And I thought something happened. He wasn't the one yeah. who stuck. He wasn't the one who stuck. Uh, uh, 
fuck the one who was Tyrod Taylor. Tyrod Taylor. He did not stuck stick Tyrod Taylor in the uh, in the thing. But here's the thing about like Malcolm yeah. Jenkins. Like is. But here's you know, real quick. I just wanted to say yeah, they don't. Sorry. I think the complication with that injury is when you have the cracked ribs to go along with it, right? Because that's that's what takes like longer to heal. I think because I think those injuries are typically paired because you get they never heal. Injury. That's always it's, the big thing. Remember the Donovan cracked ribs? They never yeah. heal. Yeah, no, I know, I know, but I guess I would be interested. I guess uh, if anybody's bored later or can find it anywhere, if they ever did a like any kind of compilation of data of people just coming back from like internal laceration versus like laceration plus the cracked rib and like what the what the difference is between how fast those guys come back with or without it. That makes sense. I mean, I know that Garth was pissing blood. He had to get rushed to the hospital. Yeah. So um, here's the thing: if you want to kick the tires on Malcolm Jenkins. Go for it. If he's in shape and everything and he still play, go for it. Reed Blankenship, thank you for your service. But him and Marcus Epps, I mean, watching that route that both of them took on that CJ, on that Christian Watson touchdown yeah. at the end of the game last year was was god-awful. And that was his thing in his whole draft profile about Reed Blankenship, where he's like, he's just he's not a great cover cover guy, and he's never really taken the the, the proper route to uh, to the ball. Well, but, and they don't – and here's the thing with that play specifically, too, like – Marcus Epps is down on the line of scrimmage, you know, in coverage there. I mean, from what I've been watching of him mostly, like they would have had Gardner Johnson probably down there, you know, covering that guy at the line, mm-hmm. you know, and playing like de facto, you know, strong safety at that point. Whereas like that's something Malcolm Jenkins can can certainly come in and do. I mean, he was known for his versatility and being able to get down in the box, being able to tackle, being able to do some stuff in coverage. I think probably the bigger story here that nobody's talking about is you wouldn't have to go to a guy like Reed Blankenship who may or may not be good. Like, I mean, you know, we don't have enough. We haven't seen enough of him. But if Kayvon Wallace was anywhere near where you thought he would be at this point, then it wouldn't – then we wouldn't even be talking about Malcolm Jenkins in the first place. Old, you know what I'm saying? Old, take, old takes exposed the whole Delaware Valley calling him Brian Dawkins because he just went to Clemson. That was me. <laughs> End up. Uh, that was a tough one. Yeah, that was End tough. To, was but like he was a fourth-round fourth pick. He was a fourth-round pick. Yeah. I, you know, and I know that those aren't – slam dunks but i you know you should if you're good enough to be on the team a couple of years after you were drafted in that point then you would probably should be able to be a little bit more than a special teamer you would think you know to me i think that's interesting you know you wouldn't have to go to a guy like blank and ship who was like quite frankly the surprise of camp like all the beats talking about him having a great camp and being you know in line to make the team as an undrafted free agent who did not play for a power five school you know he came out of middle tennessee so um that's that's an interesting story to me but uh where do you think middle tennessee state is because if you look at a tennessee craig if you get a chance can you bring up tennessee on a map do you think it's in 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 the middle because tennessee is long it's not middle tennessee i think is in uh isn't it in nashville isn't it it there with with vandy yeah because 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 memphis is on the left or on the west, the west side of <laughs> Tennessee. Then you got Knoxville on the on the right in the east. Nashville's right in the middle. So you would have to think that middle Tennessee is uh but I mean so look at Tennessee. So Tennessee is long. It's not yeah. it's not tall. No, no, I see it there. I, I know exactly where it is. I think it's in Murph Murphy uh Murphy's Murfreesboro, 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 Tennessee. Tennessee. So I was wondering if it's actually in the middle of 
Tennessee is it but where is the middle of Tennessee is it is it in the middle of the long way or is it middle of the top of, of the hallway <laughs> so sorry I just no. totally railroaded your point but I just really wanted to understand and yeah but wouldn't that be the same wouldn't that be the same though because it's like a rectangle right so yeah. the middle of a rectangle is gonna be uh, gonna be it's it's not like you have um what if you went diagonal from from Johnson City all the way down to Memphis mm. where's the middle park come there yeah, I don't know. I got in a car accident in Johnson City once, by the way. Uh, the tri the tri cities. I just spun out on the. Uh, this is pretty stupid. I spun out on the on like a patch of water there, and the cops came by and they gave me a ticket. They gave for me what? a ticket for failing to control my vehicle. <laughs> I was like, no shit. I mean, I wrecked the car. What do you I'm like? Of course, I lost control of the vehicle. Like, I need you. I need you to call a tow call a tow company for me to get me out of here. The dude wrote me a ticket, so. You strike me as a guy that wouldn't get a speeding ticket. Um, um, yeah, I've gotten him. Gotten him. I got, I got one. I got one. Malcolm Jacobs point before we can get off it. Yeah. Unless you have more. Say it's like a what are we week eleven? Say it's like a five five six week injury, and Malcolm Jenkins is playing good. Like he's playing good enough that like, holy shit, you know, we've 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 got this this safety. And then is he going to like these guys all have egos and stuff like is he going to be able to just be like released? Is he going to be able to take like a backup role? Like what if Malcolm Jenkins still has something left in the tank? And then like you have to come together and you're like, okay, what do we do with, you know, Reed Blankenship? What do we do with Marcus Epps? What do we do with CJGJ? Does he go to a, a corner spot? Does he play more nickel? Like what happens? Like would, would he like EJM says be uh best case he would be a rotational guy well the only question is the is the roster spot yeah i mean i don't I'm, you know find somebody else to get rid of for sure but uh i mean if malcolm jenkins comes in and plays well you're not moving him right i mean because safety was safety was as well as gardner johnson's play this year like safety was still we all identified like the mm-hmm. weakest point of the team going forward so yeah i mean it just and just because jordan davis comes back if linval joseph's playing well they're not going to bump him out of there if he's if he's you know doing an admirable job so i don't know you just ride with the guys who are who are doing well i don't know i'm, I'm more concerned about like who plays what role between blank and ship and, and epps you know because epps has been playing mostly free you know and then coming down and like watching these big hits and whatnot you know i mean with, with jenkins and rodney mcleod it was very defined what each one of those guys was doing Jenkins was your strong safety down in the box, making tackles, covering tight ends, doing a lot of stuff. Rodney McLeod was patrolling single high safety, 60, 40 on the hashes. Right. So to me, to me, that's, that's more of, I I would look in the next game to see how they deploy those guys. Right. Especially as a big nickel team where you already had Josiah Scott in there for Avante Maddox to begin with, you know what I'm saying? But I don't, I don't think like they still got, like, you know, as long as you got Slay there, you got Bradbury there. TJ Edwards, by the way, is having a great season. You know, Kazir White. Um, they're 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 fine. They're good. They're okay. You know, I mean, they're they're not gonna, you know, again, like they're they're not running into Prime Brady in any of these upcoming games, you know. And they've largely answered the question of you remember how we we're talking about what are they gonna do with Saquon? What are they gonna do with with Jones? What are they gonna do with uh Jonathan Taylor. I mean, they, they've been all right. They've been all right with that. You know, they've been all right with that. I, I think, too, the thing with, with the defense, too, and Nick Sirianni pointed this out after the games, they, the offense put them in some shitty positions to begin with. Special teams put them in some Special shitty teams. positions. If you go back, I'm willing to bet. I don't even need, need to look this up to know, but I think the defense on average 
the other night had their worst starting position. We're given their worst starting position. Oh, I'm not making, ex- making excuses for Jonathan Gannon's you know, I'm not I'm not a Jonathan Gannon apologist, you know, but like that's a fact too, that they had the worst starting positions. If that third and short sneak and the fourth and short sneak, you know, where they had the botched snap and the refs fucked up the the non offside, non non false start call. So that was just kind of like a comedy of errors. And then like AJ Brown fumble in, but we later found out that he had like pink eye or some shit, you know? So, uh, yeah, so we can give him, give him a pass for that one. But I mean, in the third quarter, they largely cut down on the mistakes and that's how they got the, got the lead back up. By the way, one of the funniest things, inadvertently funny things from, from the other night, I don't know if you caught this was when, uh, Chris Collinsworth, when Jordan Love came in, he was, Chris Collinsworth was talking about him being a running threat. You know, he could take all your observations. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like the dude ran for like he was a gunslinger at Utah State. Like he ran for something like 150 yards a year. Yeah, right. I mean, he only played three seasons. I think the total was like 400 some rushing yards. He was a gunslinger, you know. So he's, he's he was no rushing threat at all. Which is also why my biggest problem I think with Gannon was that he went like ultra um, conservative, like on that. Hang on one second. Is that Jimmy Lynch? No, I forgot to put the put the the dog sees the fox out back and the, and he goes fucking crazy for the fox. I don't know because I, I guess he thinks the fox is like a cat or something. But I have a big shade that I forgot to pull down apparently. But um, I totally lost track of what I was saying. What was I talking about? Jonathan so, Gannon. Yeah, Jonathan Gannon. Yeah, yeah I mean, Chris Collinsworth and that in uh, the love thing. But that's when I turn. That's when I turn into the dad from the the Delaware Valley dad saying pressure this motherfucker. Like he just mm-hmm. came into the game. Like if you don't want to throw five or six at Aaron Rodgers I get it but like this dude just entered the game here in the fourth quarter send a send another guy or whatever like like they were also up 14 and playing the worst prevent defense of all time like the softest defense of all time which I was okay with I mean they were they were up two scores I didn't think Jordan Love was going to come back I mean thank God for Jake Elliott hitting the field goal because we could have all seen this uh we've all played this over in our minds when the backup comes in and down 14 and and somehow ties it yeah um you got a quick uh, Jonathan Gannon update on the stats. I know some people were really uh, looking for that, looking for the Jonathan Gannon update on uh, on stats and shit. Yeah, I'm sorry. <clears throat> Fuck, I, I'm burning incense here like a hippie, and the thing's too close to my face, and I keep inhaling the smoke here. I got Why are you burning incense? <laughs> I don't know. I'm kind of like a hippie. Like I'm like a Berks County guy, so I like all the the <laughs> nature-y kind of shit. You know. Anyway, what what smell are we going with? Lavender. I don't even know. I bought this shit so long ago that I don't even know what it is at this point. <laughs> Where'd you buy it from? Like a fucking flea market? Some like old woman? It doesn't even have a label. It doesn't even have anything on it. It's just, just generic. smoking thing. out your house right now. Yeah. You can probably get this at the surf mall in Ocean City, you know? With all the Grateful Dead shit down there, you know? I can't, I can't get the thing to go out, though, and it's wafting like over into my face, and I feel like I'm like, hi. Um, I've never been an incense guy, so I'll never understand that. No, I think Craig is probably an incense guy. We're like outdoor hippie hiker type, you know, like granola. We used to call them granolas back in the day. That's actually um, not a bad word for him. I don't, yeah, listen, man, I think um, you're welcome, T, from the 203, by the way. Yeah, the defensive stats. Oh, yeah, but yeah, I hope everybody uh, was able to fight with their buddy Ryan uncle over, over the weekend or uh, Thanksgiving when he brought out that Jonathan Gannon shouldn't be fired. So if you listen to the last episode, you know you had at least 10 different stats that you could uh, you could use as armor against him. So, Kev, I know there was yeah. somebody who jumped in the, uh, our Instagram comments and were like, we need an update on the on the Jonathan Gannon stats after yeah. last week. Do you have them? 
I do have them up here. I didn't, I didn't like parse them yet. I have them all. I just have them all like listed here. I can toggle them as I, as I need to. What do you guys, what do you, what is, what do people want specifically? I think people really love the rushing, the rushing defense, rushing defense. I think the points per game obviously took a hit since they gave up. Okay. So after this game, then let's see the Eagles are, they're still 18th in rush yards allowed per game. It's 120.7. And how long, Um, how, how far away are they from being a top 10 team? So the 10th best rushing defense in the NFL is the Miami Dolphins now, 109.5 rushing yards per game they allowed. So 10, they're 10 away from being a top 10 team, you know. Um, Now to, to to be, to understand the variance, here I am sounding like a data guy, to understand the variance between the top and bottom, the 49ers obviously have the best rushing defense in the league, right? 79.5 79.5 yards a game. The Texans have the worst, 168.6, right? That's more, that's almost 100 yards difference between one and 32. But when, what I was saying last week when we were doing the show is when you get to the middle, it's really clumpy. So if you go from the Dolphins at 10th, I'm sorry, there's 32 teams. So let's go from like 11 to 23 here. Cardinals and Browns are separated by 20 yards. So really not that much man i mean if they get one or two more good stuffs or like add another tackle for loss per game that's enough to move them up to like like 13th or 12th see this is a thing pagan that i did that i always talked about when people were complaining about brett brown and turnovers with the sixers three or four years ago because they were really really bad turnover team i said you gotta understand the margins are really really small because if you took like if joel Embiid and ben simmons each cut down their turnovers by like one per game Right. So if they went from like five to four and four to three, they would have jumped from like 27th in the league to like 12th. Right. They would have gone from bottom half to top half because there's just not a lot of variation between that. Um, Total net yards allowed per game now. The Eagles are still second. They only allow 304.4 yards per game. They're they're just not giving up any pay. Let me check the passing yards here. That's a scheme. Uh, That's a scheme you've been talking about. No big plays. Passing yards allowed per game, 183.6, number two in the NFL. So the 18th in rushing defense, they're number two in passing defense. That all adds up to them being number two in total net yards allowed. Uh, They still lead the league in strip sacks. Quarterback hits here, let me check. They are top 10, 71 quarterback hits. Sacks, let me check sacks. They have the third most sacks with 36. Um, this actually, this one I actually like a lot. They are the least, they're a top, top five in defensive penalties. They've only committed 23 penalties on defense this year. Um, and they a pretty good ball club. Yeah. And here's the final, this is the one I always come back to. They are now number two, actually in, in big plays allowed. They've only allowed 20, 30 plays of 20 plus yards. Um, one of which, one of which was the screen pass the other night where they had the face mask that the refs missed. They did. Yeah. They did. Yeah. Well, there's your update on uh, on Jonathan Gannon defense stats. Um, before we get Jamie Lynch on, I did want to talk a little Jalen versus Patrick Mahomes MVP. Current NFL MVP odds at DraftKings, Patrick Mahomes minus 160 right now. Jalen Hurts plus 350. Tua sitting back there at 5-1. to one. Here's a little stats for you. Patrick Mahomes, this is total yards. I think this is important. When you talk about Patrick Mahomes versus Jalen Hurts, you should talk about total yards. You should talk about total TDs because they it's just this that kind of – NFL we play in right now with quarterbacks where quarterbacks can run 
three uh, Patrick Mahomes, 3,859 total yards, 30 total TDs, eight interceptions, nine and two record. Jalen Hurts, 3,157 total yards, 25 total TDs, three interceptions. Obviously, we know a 10 and one record. It's close, I think, in the MVP race. I think if you're a Jalen Hurts fan, you got to hope the voters love this, love, love his story. Like the voters love a story. You know, a guy who was benched in the national championship, stays at the school, helps him get back to the national championship, uh, transfers out of Oklahoma, goes to the NFL. No one believes in him. Basically was going to be run out of town by the end of the season, but instead captures the hearts of Philadelphians everywhere and proves all the doubters wrong. I mean, who doesn't want to vote for a story like that, especially if they go like 14 and three or. 15 and two or whatnot. And then if you're, I would say if you're a Mahomes fan, you kind of just need Jalen Hurst to fall off a cliff and lose more games. That's really it. I think the, I think the voters, I think the voters kind of have Mahomes fatigue, kind of like when, when Jordan in the nineties, when they gave the MVP to Barkley, even though he's never won two MVPs, I don't think Mahomes and kind of like when uh, LeBron and they just gave the MVP to Derek Rose that one year I'm right now, I'll say it. I'm still going with Mahomes. I I think if you watch that team, that team is just humming offensively and whatnot. Mm -hmm. Um, who would you go with right now after I just read that out real quick? I mean, it's hard for me to to say anybody but Jalen Hurts just because I feel like I have bias from watching him every week. But I think it I think what the larger story is like a referendum on uh how you view a uh say this for conversation's sake, how you view a quote unquote running quarterback versus a guy like Mahomes. You know, I mean, how how do you parse his rushing stats and what he's done on the ground? versus what Mahomes has done through the air. You know, like you're almost comparing apples and oranges, you know, with that. That's why it's fascinating to me because it's like I think there's some people who want who are looking at Jalen Hurts and are 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 seeking validation for a Lamar Jackson kind of um you know disrespect that he gets. It's like people saying, well he can't get it done or that style is not sustainable or whatever, you know. Um but I mean if you look at how they how they use one of the things I always talk about in the NBA MVP race is like like usage and and how mm-hmm. people are deployed and how often they touch the ball and stuff. I, I want to say that Hertz still leads the NFL. I just closed down Sport Radar. I should have kept it up. But I want to say that he still leads the NFL in like red zone rushing attempts. You know, so they're like, really good in the red zone. You could you could you could form a fake argument if you wanted to say that like, well, the only reason he has so many stats and so many um, you know rushing touchdowns and rushing yards is because he's got the ball in his hands all the time. You know, whereas Mahomes is doing what he's doing exclusively through the air. How do you how do you compare those two? I, I don't know, you know, but to me, it's hard to I look at like like Hertz being effective in multiple phases. Right. So to me, that's more valuable, I guess, than than what Mahomes is doing. But everybody's got, you know, value is such a nebulous concept. Right. So it's like, how do, what do you how do you determine value anyway? You know, you go to, value. Go to Daryl Morey for that for nebulous terms, you know. <laughs> All right. We've got the bro on Jamie Lynch. He just stepped in. Let's bring him on here. Jamie. Yo, what's up, guys? What's up, buddy? What's, what's up? up? Yeah, you, look, you sound great. You look great. <laughs> How you happening? been? How's everything doing? What are you up to nowadays? Anything new? Uh, Any hobbies? It's uh yeah, no new hobbies yet except uh just being a dad. As Kevin knows, it's uh it's good to uh talk to some other adults uh, after being in the house for two months with a three and a half year old and a one year old. Oh man. I think I'm going a little batshit. Um what are they watching, but, uh, are they watching now, Jamie? You got Milana, you got uh Oh Gabby's Dollhouse. House. Uh yeah. she's big on the Incredibles, which is cool. Incredibles is good stuff. Um Mrs. Uh, Incredibles, she's a nice piece right there. Yeah. Yeah, Cammy's um, Cammy's favorite show right now, her favorite movie. 
For this is a funny thing is you get Disney Plus. There's like 40 million fucking options on Disney Plus, <laughs> and she only wants to watch the same thing over and over. And her favorite show right now is Pocahontas Two. Oh, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't even know there was a Pocahontas Two until like three weeks ago. <laughs> but apparently, Pocahontas <laughs> goes to London. Yeah, and, Dino uh, Ranch and Bluey are always big, so yeah. you know I, I, I'm seeing a lot. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 quite interesting. Yes, two two girls is uh, it's a handful. Is, is something else? Yeah. Hey, Jamie, just two girls. Yeah, two girls. Me and Kevin have uh, pretty identical ages too, actually. Yeah. Three and one, right? right? Three and one. Three and a half and one. Yeah. 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 Exactly. So do we're either of you guys have line. a? Uh, do you either of you guys have a sick bowl? <laughs> that we don't use it as our cake bowl. No. <laughs> do you have a sick bowl? Nah, no. Uh, our girls haven't really been sick except for last week for the first time. Kev, um, you're a hippie. Do you have a sick bowl? No, no, I, no. We didn't have a sick bowl. We, uh, oh, but my my household got crushed by the tridemic. Uh, which has apparently been a, I, I, yeah, I guess you wouldn't be aware. You don't have kids, but like I, oh, my kids were sick as shit for like the last month. I was like, I, talking I keep about, up with the times, a little RSV running around while yeah, yeah, around here. Yeah. Yeah. I was talking to my wife. I'm like, just wait, <clears throat> just wait. There's going to be like, cause everybody we knew was sick. And I'm like, there's mm-hmm. some shit going on here. I'm like, just watch. You're going to have like an article on like CNN tomorrow. And like, sure enough, two days later, it was like RSV flu and COVID is back. Well, and then, and they dug up some, uh, zombie, uh, pandemic, uh, from like the 1600s recently. <laughs> so that's black plague. It's like, this, it's some kind of zombie apocalypse or something they're calling it. So it's just, it's that, didn't, that didn't make me feel much better about it. Can, <laughs> can they just wait till after February before the, before the I know. Until the, the let us get the Super Bowl in. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah. Uh, but you know, it's, it's been good. Just, hanging at home um not doing much a lot of twitter uh, a lot of video games like yeah. I, listen, I i got i got let go like two years ago at i was a covid casualty it was like twitter video games you walk outside you you understand that outside sucks so you yeah. go back inside you do twitter you do video games hey, yeah I, I, i've been lucky in that i got a world series run and yeah. a world cup so like daytime viewing has been pretty solid um so i've had that but jamie just for for clarification here so you're doing the eagles post game or the Eagles pregame yeah and post game again um are you going to do anything else with with Fnatic like after that or or beyond that or is that just kind of what the situation is right now to be determined yeah that's just the situation right now um you know there was a severance and I couldn't do anything else so uh you know these girls don't stop eating uh so it was good to have a little cash flow coming in on top of it um so i'm i'm juggling i got a couple things coming up and uh the future is still very tbd nice well i know a lot of people miss you because i i'm sure you saw when we wrote when kevin wrote the article man i mean that got more engagement than i think i think the mikey miss one got I mean, our mentions were were on fire for like 48, 72 hours. So people are waiting. So yeah, yeah, I'll definitely be back soon. Um, You know, there's a time frame on that, which I have to uh, play the good soldier and all that. So I'll be back soon. I'm not going anywhere. Uh, I'll be around for sure. And I'll I'll be back annoying people in no time. (laughs) <laughs> at least you hey at least you got your beauty sleep you know not getting up at four in the morning anymore yeah right? i get this i get to you know an extra two and a half hours of sleep every day so that's pretty cool yeah so i mean obviously you get to do the birds pregame so you're still involved in it and everything what's what's like your hottest birds take right now Ooh, ooh, i'm not really a, a take per se um I, I think Jonathan Gannon's been really good. Is that considered a yeah, take? You're on the days? right program, my man. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, when you look at the injuries they've gone through with Davis and Maddox and now Gardner Johnson and 
and plugging some newbies right in and, and Gardner Johnson playing to the level he had, you know, their special teams blows. And <laughs> I, I think it's setting the defense up for some tough spots sometimes. Um, so I think overall, you know, they've done a really good job. I mean, they're a top five defense in points allowed. I think they're top five in points scored uh, also. So I think Shane Steichen and Jonathan Gannon are doing a really nice job. Jamie, the, one of the things that we talk about all the time on this show, like from a larger perspective, and this is Rational Tuesday, by the way. We, we brand every Tuesday show as Rational Tuesday on, on Crossing <laughs> Broadcast. I, but we, we're, 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 I, like, I let go. I'm a little too rational at times. <laughs> <laughs> but, I, I, you know, it's funny because, like, I, I've been, like, hammering Seth Joyner all season long to the I've point where he finally, finally blocked me. But um, <laughs> I'm always fascinated with the idea of, like, like how much – Negadelphia is appropriate for a 10 and one team because we're not, I think people get the wrong idea. They're like, Oh, you're crushing Seth Joyner. You're all about sunshine and rainbows. And you want to, you want to blow sunshine up the Eagles butts. I'm like, no, I don't, I don't want to do that. But I want to keep things in perspective. Obviously they got stuff they can improve and stuff that they can fix, but I'm not going to go overboard. I'm going to try to find the right balance for a team that has 10 wins and one loss. And I don't want to be like, I want to appreciate that and enjoy that because it doesn't happen very often as we know. But yeah, I mean, there's shit they got to fix, and there's stuff that they have to do. So, what what is the appropriate level of Negadelphia for a team that's ten and one? Yeah, it's weird. Uh, I'm somebody that kind of came into the industry when like the negativity was thriving, and I've been in it a long time now. So I've kind of seen like the the change a little bit, uh, being on the front lines of it. It's tough when you say like, yeah, they got things to improve. You're talking about them in terms of improving to be a Super Bowl champion. Mm-hmm. So like, you have to take that with a grain of salt. Like, yeah, there's some things to improve to improve upon to get to that final level of winning a championship. Things have been pretty good here the last 10, 15 years outside the flyers now and the Phillies, you know, for about eight years there. Um, It's not the same sports landscape I grew up with. So I think the landscape has changed. I think our ownership's a lot better than it used to be. Um, And now it's, you know, me and you are in the age where we grew up with negative bad teams. And now we've kind of seen the shift to good ownership and good teams um, so it's a delicate line to walk, you know, when you, when you nitpick on the rush defense, it's because you think they're good enough to win a Super Bowl, And if they can just improve that one thing, or if they can get a return man that can do this, it's, it's hard to quantify or clarify, but it's, it's in terms of the broader picture, which is now winning championships before mm-hmm. it used to be, can they get to the playoffs? And it's like, well, no, now they're an upper echelon team. So let's fucking do it. And what do you need to do to do it? So, you know, you kind of have to take, I guess, who is saying it um, in in your weight of the criticism. True. True. Yeah. Uh, go ahead. Kevin. No, I was just going to say just to wrap that up. Sorry, Kyle. Like, Fine. I guess it's how you I guess it's how you frame it. You know, you know, yeah, I mean? Cause you mentioned because you mentioned like you said you talked about age, right? You and I are close to the same age, right? Yeah. And Pagan's not that far behind us. But I think, like, to use Seth as another example, like, he's an older guy and he comes from a player's sure. mindset, right? I just don't think that – I don't think that, like, a like a millennial or, like, a Zoomer generation, it, like, settles for less. Like, we want them to be just as good as everybody everybody else. But I'm not going to, like, blow a gasket because, like, they held them to 
140 rushing yards instead of 130. I'm going to try to like sure infuse a little bit of pragmatism where I can, you know? Yeah, I mean, uh, there's always areas every team can improve upon. Even the championship teams can usually improve upon something. It's yeah. Does it end up being your Achilles heel or not? Um, how much of a deficit is it for you? You know, some of these younger kids have grown up and, you know, they came up with the Phillies in 2006 through 12. And it's like, mm-hmm. holy shit. I, yeah. I came up with the Phillies in the late 80s, early 90s, and outside of 93 and some vitamins, you know, it was it was Drek for 20 years. So it 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 kind of is who's delivering the message, and you kind of have to you have to weigh the deliverer. It's it's a it's a strange dynamic we find ourselves in. Yeah, I think the next generation is going to be set up for kind of success with the whole like Positadelphia stuff. I mean, you've seen a World Series, you've seen a Super Bowl, you've seen the process, but you've also seen you know. The, the good parts of Joel Embiid and everything. You saw a World Series run. like Yeah. I mean, uh, a buddy of mine got my daughter a Bryce Harper jersey when she was born. I was like, holy shit. She's going she's gonna to be 12 years old before he's gone. Like, yeah. she's going to grow up knowing, like, MVP <laughs> Phillies players. When, uh, when we were growing up, there was no MVP Phillies players. Uh, that just wasn't a, a thing. And now we've seen Ryan Howard and Jimmy Rollins and Bryce Harper um you know we're not spoiled because we're not the boston red sox during that run but you know we, we've got it pretty good that was like my favorite one of my favorite statistics for the longest time because andy reed was here for uh for 14 years right yeah. and and, he, and that his 14th year was when i was 28 so i was sitting there thinking like andy <laughs> reed's been the coach of the eagles for half of my lifetime yeah it's wild yeah, to think yeah. about but, but it's funny because I, I don't you know with when the phillies went on this run site traffic at crossing broad just like went through the roof you know yeah. it's interesting because i mean because crossing broad really started really as like a phillies blog but i was saying saying to, to kyle and everybody else like that fan base never went away i mean it's just no it's always been a baseball town they just didn't really have anything to cheer for i mean were you surprised at all or, or not surprised by how people re- responded to that run no i i mean they are probably the team I love the most uh, because I grew up loving baseball the most. Uh, the Eagles kind of superseded that just because the NFL means a little more, but there's not a team I hate more than the Phillies because for decades, it was just like, why can't you fix these things? And uh, I think Dave Dombrowski's done a really nice job going to got, get the guy from the Tampa organization and going and getting Mattingly. And he's trying to change, you know, the minor league system and structure. So um it's 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 a, it's a different world here in Philadelphia. I mean, from what I grew up with to, to what it is now, it's so much better. So I always try to remember that when I'm talking about it. You can be critical, but don't be a dick because I remember the dark times. Yeah, we were talking about that a little bit earlier. I mean, taking back people to February 2020 when, you know, the $100 million quarterback, franchise quarterback <sighs> wanted out. We fired the coach, you know, no picks, no cap space. And now we're sitting here two years later the guy who was a bumbling idiot who definitely couldn't control a locker room <laughs> is now 19 and nine to start his career. He's 10 and one for this season. He hasn't, he hasn't lost. He's lost three games since like last December. Yeah. It's wild. It's wild. And that's what I, that's what I love because I'm like, I just think I'm an eternal optimist. I'm just optimistic. Mm-hmm. And it just sucks. The whole negative shit just like runs on me. You ever, you ever felt like that when you were, when, oh, you, when yeah. you were on the radio? I hate, I hated coming in after big losses. Yeah. I much prefer a positive work environment. I mean, Anthony Gargano used to call me sunshine Mary because I'm kind of like you, I'm, I'm an optimist. I've seen the landscape change and mm-hmm. I have more hope than I did when I was a kid. Um, so yeah, I, I hate the negative shit. Like you, you can, 
you can be critical, but you don't have to be ne- you, like your go to doesn't have to be negative anymore. It's not as bad as it once was, unless you're talking about the Flyers right now. <laughs> Here's my take. I think if I if somebody asked me if I wanted to do a radio show or they were pitching me on it or something, right? I would then they would say, "What's your like angle or your approach going to be?" I'd say, "I'm going to call it down the middle because I think nobody calls it down the middle these days. I think that's the hot take." Yeah, I think, I think pragmatism is the hot take. Yeah, I, I kind of find myself in that and how to manage, you know, like it was nice being on a show with a, a bunch of other people that didn't rely on callers because sometimes when you're alone, you just get sick of talking to yourself for a little while. And sometimes the only thing that gets reaction is negativity, like positivity and, and you know, blowing rainbows up your ass for three hours doesn't get callers sometimes. So yeah. sometimes you find yourself not not forcing it, but like, you know, asking a question and trying to be more critical and, and, and stuff like that. But being on a four person show or whatever made it a lot easier to not ever have to do that. See, here's what I, here, here's my thing. <laughs> like, I think, I think Negadelphia is easy. Yeah. Easy. I think Positelphia is hard. Yeah. You know? Right. And, and because it's easy for me to like, when the Sixers lose another game and they fall to like one game below 500 or something a couple of weeks ago, I can go out there. I can easily write a story about how shitty they are and this sucks and that. So that doesn't take any, that's not a challenge, right? What is a challenge is to say, Hey, Embiid's not playing well, but you know, I dug through the advanced stats and I found that their offensive rating is pretty good or this lineup combination yeah. is good. Or they're like finding like, like nuanced content that people like. And I think that's where sometimes where it comes from because it's like, it's just a concept of like low hanging fruit. It's easy for me to reach down and grab onto the, they suck. Yeah, Doc yeah. Rivers needs to be fired. Get rid yeah. of them. Blah blah blah. It's yeah. hard to write a story about Shake Milton becoming Jesus Shuttlesworth. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. like that's a, that's a more difficult thing to do. But here that he one is. He's doing it. That one ain't getting clicks. That one ain't selling favors. I'll tell you <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. But I think too to the point. It's like then you crutch off of that. You know, I think like you know, the sh- the show that you guys were doing. You know, it's it's very easy to just crutch off the phones and say, all right, let's turn it over to. Yeah. Bobby from Bridesburg or whatever, you know, so I always appreciated that about the approach that you you had, whatever show you were doing, because I felt like you didn't get into you didn't fall into the I'm just going to say shit to say shit. trap. Yeah, I mean, mean, when you think about it, I think from the numbers and we talked about, I think it's like six or seven percent of all sports radio listeners actually call. So you're talking about a minuscule amount of people. Um, between the two stations in town, you, you sometimes have 150,000 people listening at any given time. So when you think about 6% of that, it's like, all right, I can't do my show to that 6%. So, yeah. you know, you, you got to do a show you believe in what you think is good. And, and you hope people are listening just because they're not calling doesn't mean they're not listening. Who's your favorite recurring caller? I know you guys didn't take much. <laughs> um, throughout the years, man, um, I, I loved Bernie from Broomall. Yeah, he's just a sweet old man. I wanted to go have a Negroni with or a beer after work. Um, I really enjoyed him. Is what Bernie about, doing well? About, by uh, the way? Because I, Tyrone had to come out and confirm that he was not uh, dead. Like uh, I know he hadn't passed. Um, I, he's not calling, obviously, um, like he used to, but I, I don't know. But he's still alive and kicking, and we. As have far as I know, yeah. Good. All right. What about Dwayne from Swedesboro? I always liked him when he called in. Yeah. No. No comment. <laughs> <laughs> I need to make. I need to make Kev's skin crawl at least one time. Uh, I interview. never know. I never know what to expect, even on my on the show that I co-host. You know, so. so the I did want to talk to you about the Sixers because I'm I'm in this boat where it's like. They're they're at an arm's length for me right now. I'm keeping them at an arm's length. I'm I'm watching. 
you know, if it's like a Tuesday or a Wednesday game, I'll check in. If I'm on a Saturday, I want to go out with friends and family and go to a bar. Yeah. I'll side eye it. I'll watch it. Or I'll just check on my phone to see what the score is right now. Because I just think like with all the, the second round exits for the last five years, the first round exits, it, I don't think they've really earned, you know, the buy-in from, you want to call me a casual, call me a casual. But I, I, I just, you at one point, you just have to kind of prove it in my yeah. mind. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I don't want to waste 81, 82 games on this team and then them losing the second round again. Where are you kind of at with them? I mean, this this spurt with with the bench Sixers winning games against teams that they shouldn't have won against, winning against Ben Simmons and and that loaded Nets organi- uh, lineup. Where awesome. are you kind of at on the uh, on the whole Sixers right now? Uh, I was I was with you in the beginning of the year. I didn't have the same uh, enthusiasm I've had in years past. Um, the bench Sixers, uh, they've kind of brought me back a little bit. I'll, I'm yeah. not going to lie. I, I like watching Paul Reed out there. I really like DeAnthony Melton. Uh, mm-hmm. Watching Shake on this little run right now is pretty cool. And then to see Embiid come back and, and do what an MVP does last night was was pretty cool. I'm with you. Like I probably won't get ramped up until January after Christmas, um, especially with all the injuries that kind of took some wind out. Uh, but you know they salvaged it, and that's the sign of hopefully a good team here. Um, but I, I think majority of people are with you where it's not like it's been in the past. Yeah. They're, they're second in attendance right now. And it's like, if you look at the pictures that people are taking in that arena, I know they just do season tickets and they don't do gate, yeah. gate tickets. Yeah. I've been down to tickets. a couple games already so far. It's, uh, people are into it, but you know, it's, it's probably not the same as like last year or the year before. Well, actually last year sucked because Simmons was holding us hostage. So never mind. Yeah. I, I think, think it, there's only so much like I think you only have so much bandwidth, you know, to be able to handle some. It sounds stupid to say. Well, no, no, the World Series it was exhausting. Yeah, that, that was that was yeah. an exhausting run because yeah. it's hard not to crack a beer or pour yourself a whiskey yeah. when you're watching a big game, and then you're up till 11:45 every night. And yeah. if you're like us, you got kids, you're waking up early. I'm listening to dancing on my own 35 times a day because the girls love it. Um, it was a, it was a tiring run. So, uh, yeah, like you kind of need to recharge the sports battery a little bit. Now, do you, do you like dancing on my own or were you just going along with my girls really got into it? So I kind of got into it because they were so into it. Um, it was pretty fun. I'm not going to lie. It wasn't, it wasn't my favorite song, but it's not a great song. I mean, it's not a great song. The original is probably wrong with it. Well, we listen, we're a team Robin. We're not team, uh, I'm team. yeah. See, I was Team Robin to start, and then I became Tiesto because if you listen to the Robin song, it's a long song. Yeah. You gotta, <laughs> you gotta sit down and and listen to it. You're getting six six thirty on that, which is a crazy song. Yeah, the the Tiesto one, nice little two thirty three minutes. You're in and you're out. But it's yeah, always but- there's a bigger point here that I that that goes with the bandwidth thing, where I've always felt like four for four is a bullshit term because. Yeah, you can say it as a euphemism for like you want all the teams to do sure. well, but there's I don't I would I would I'm willing to bet there are like like only one percent of Philadelphia quote unquote Philadelphia sports fans like actively watch all four of those majors when they're on. Um, like I, I just don't yeah. I just don't think it's a thing. Like I don't I think that like you might you probably watch the Eagles and maybe you pay attention to the Phillies and you have like a Flyers or a Sixers, but there's no nobody nobody has the capacity to just absorb all of that at once that, yeah that i tend to agree i mean I, I was getting paid for it so i was probably doing the majority of sixers phillies and all the eagles flyers is the one i i cut if i you know have to unless they're when did when did the flyers at what point jamie did the flyers cease to exist on the radio uh it's been a long time 
it's been a long time ever since i pretty much got into it which was 2006 7 um i mean we were just told like if you talk flyers people tune out um it's it's a small it's a tough sport to talk um to the masses it is it's a tough sport too to talk to the minority because don't jump down your freaking throat yeah. if you get it wrong. They're nuts. Yeah, they're gatekeepers. And, yeah. you know, I, that's why I used to joke around and say I'm a Zamboner. You know, I, I love when the team's good, but, like, yeah. I'm not watching every night. Like that's Yeah, but isn't it funny because you probably – I mean, you were probably the same as me. Like, you probably had, like, Legion of Doom. Oh, yeah. Do you remember those, like, grade school carnival fairs and stuff? With the, they used to sell those plaques all the time. Yeah. I had a Legion of Doom plaque above the bed. I was that, – that's what got me into hockey. Yeah, man. I remember all that stuff. Santa, Santa sacks, the yeah. fires, wives fight for lives. You know, we uh-huh. had all that shit. And it's just like, it's, it's, it's honestly inconceivable to me to think about how much the flyers were on in like in my household for them to kind of be a blip on the radar. But to your point, if we, even if we were going to talk about the flyers on this show, what the fuck am I talking about? Should they, well, maybe <laughs> should they should move Noah Cates to the second line. Yeah. You know, right now I know game. just just suck ass for Bedard. Be absolute cheeks <laughs> yes. for Bedard. I've never seen the guy play. I'm just no. trusting every hockey person that's telling me this kid's <laughs> generational. So I'm yeah. like, yeah, yeah, sure, tank this season for Bedard. Sure. You, you, you mean you've never watched the uh the re- Regina of whatever the <laughs> exactly. Fuck is. Yeah. But that's part of the problem with the sport is your casuals are never going to do that whereas your casual NBA fan is going to check out March Madness and a couple college games here and there. So they'll see the big stars. Yeah. It's just it's a tough sell with hockey. Yeah. Yeah, it always has been. I don't know. It's just strange to me. Yeah, cuz I don't think I don't think the average person I mean, most people grew up not playing hockey and we played street hockey in the cul-de-sac. Played street hockey, yeah. Yeah, but like I couldn't tell you like how I'm supposed how Claude Giroux is supposed to position himself on the half wall during the no, power play. Like, I don't know the first thing about that, you know. So, yeah. I'm like yeah. are they being productive or not? Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I I can't I can't stand the dumping the puck. And chasing, I that that'll never that is just not hockey to me. It seems like care. you're forfeiting on the play, right? Exactly, you're, you're dumping the puck. You're trying to just like hope they chase, hope they get to it, hope they just muck it up down in the corner. Yeah, it's what like it a out to the point. Chance? Yeah, yeah. You, like come on, like, not even are, trying. What are we doing? I want like a Connor <laughs> McDavid skating through yeah. the nine guys, putting in the back of the net. Give me that guy. Where's he I know. at? I know, uh, I Patrick. Know. I saw something earlier. There's five, t- five or six teams worse than the Flyers in terms of odds for the top pick already. Yeah. So of course they suck in the year that everybody sucks. Yeah. Oh, well, here, here's the thing. If the Flyers, the Flyers will get down to, I think, the nitty gritty. I think they'll get to the top three. They're not, they're like, I think they're five games back from the Ducks right now, who are number one. Um, if we have the second pick, you trade that pick immediately because there is no second pick. That has ever worked out in the history of whatever sports. You have Carson Wentz, you have Keith Van Horn, Evan Turner, Evan Turner. You have J.D. Drew. I think was a second round, second overall pick. I could be wrong though. He might have been top five. Sean Bradley. Sean Bradley was one or two, two. Yeah. Dude, yeah. If, if not, Keith Van Horn wasn't the right one. It was Sean. You Bradley. just wrote a story for the site, by the way. Failed oh, number two picks. Markel Fultz. <laughs> Markel uh, Fultz. Fultz uh, or no, Fultz, Fultz was, was one. Yeah. yeah, excuse me. There's another uh, one out there that I'm forgetting. It, it wasn't Okafor, was it? No, he was three. three. It was three. Yeah. 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 Jamie, I got to ask just like generically too. I, it's kind of like an interesting time for radio in general. You know, Mike uh, left. Angelo's retiring. Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of that like old guard. It's kind of like at a point where they're moving on. And I think like. 
you know, in the case of some of the guys who are taking over now, uh, like back in the day, like those guys were journalists, you know, like they were beat writers and they were in the locker room and whatever. And um, mm-hmm. now you can be a intern and you can be a board operator and become a producer and then kind of find your way to the microphone. I'm just, I'm just kind of curious, like what you, uh, what you make of like all, all those, those movements in the industry in general. Uh, it's, it's definitely different because all those guys came from journalism. So they knew how to, um, you know, formulate an opinion, back it up, defend it, argue it, whatever. Um, now people are kind of radio people, um, which is essentially doing the same thing, just not typing it out. Um, you more or less, um, you know, are formulating a strong opinion, uh, you know, presenting entertainment. Um, so it's, it's different. Um, it's supposed to be more entertaining from a radio guy from, you know, except for these newspaper guys when they were first starting out. Um, you know, it's, it's definitely different. There's probably is not as much credence given to the radio guys, um, because they didn't earn it in the locker room and you know, all that stuff. Um, but overall, I mean, at the end of the day, can you be entertaining? Can you, can you be fun? I mean, to me, that's all it is, is when I listen, I want to sound, I want to feel like I'm with my buddies at a bar talking shit and talking sports and it should be a loose environment and fun. Um, so I don't think there's an overall crazy difference. Um, things were done differently when they came in. That's for sure. Yeah. I just think it's funny. Cause like, I keep coming back to this thing where it's like, you know, uh, Adam, um, Adam, uh, Sixers Adam. I'm sorry. I can't remember his last name. Adam Aronson is like writing writing for Spike's website, you know, and he's still in college. Right. But like his stuff is is good. Like he knows basketball. So I'm like, to me at the end of the day, it's like, it doesn't matter who you write for, where you come from. If you're a blogger, if you're a radio person, if you're like at the inquire, whatever, like it's all such a mush now of just content. Yeah. Like either your shit's good or it's not good. Yeah. And people will sniff that out. I mean, I think people know um, who can do it and who can't. And, you know, back then the paper was the the way that was the big thing. I mean, uh, that there's a reason that TV and radio both drew from the paper, because that's that's where the content was getting yeah. published on a daily basis. Now with the Web and YouTube and podcasts and everything out there. I mean, there's there's 40 different sandboxes now as opposed yeah. to one or two. So it's it's just, you know, where, where do you find it? There's an insane amount of content. That's why I think it's all going to come back to more micro content, more localized like content and stuff where people are like, I mean, how many times, like like you said, with YouTube and podcasts and stuff, like we can't keep track of like what every podcast a Philadelphia athlete is on or a, yeah. or a YouTube interview they do and stuff. You kind of just hope it comes to you on Twitter or on Instagram or in this little 30 second clip that you can put on Crossing Broad and write about. And yeah, James yeah, and that, Travis Kelsey or something. You know, I was just going to say the Kelsey Brothers podcast. I only catch little snippets. I've been meaning to listen to it fully, but um, I mean, it just shows you that now you have athletes doing this stuff. So it's like they're, they're almost cutting out the newspaper world in a way um, where they can just present the content themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. it's a whole new world. I'm, uh, I'm supposed to ask Jamie about your self-checkout take. Oh, yeah. I don't know what I, I don't know what it is, so I have to ask. Uh so I go to Giant a lot. That's one of my local stores that I hit up. And they're you know, if you've ever been at a CVS or they're they're a disaster because there's only room for like maybe two bags of stuff. You have to awkwardly place stuff and then it's weighted and then it sends off the alarm and all that. So it ends up unless you have like five items being a complete pain in the ass. 
Now, my thing is, I'm not going to go in there with a full grocery cart, but we do like a lot of piecemeal shopping where I'll be getting like, you know, milk and maybe enough for like two or three meals or whatever. Um, and I'll go to the self-checkout there because the giant only has two lanes open. Yeah. And if it's any form of busy, those lines are four deep. So I'm not going to wait in a four deep line of these people with full carts when my 25 items, I can just go to self-checkout. I just wish the machines were a little more um, self-sufficient. Like I need a little more bagging space than what you're giving me. This isn't the days of the original self-checkout mm-hmm. where you have like, you know, five items and less. You you can you can get a little more stuff in there these days. Yeah. And then you got people who like run out of space. So they take their three bags off of the self-checkout and they put them on the ground. And it's then a disaster. Fill up, fill up three, three more bags. See, I think I think what happened at some point, man, it's like people <laughs> began to conflate the idea of like express. Yes. With like self-checkout because I'm old enough. I'm old enough to remember. When you had one aisle that you're only supposed to bring 10 items through it, oh, that was, but there's a dude, there's a human yeah. standing there doing it for you. So then they were like, they set up this self checkout shit, but I always equated that with like being, okay, this is, has to be expressed because there's just not a, enough room for this shit. Then the pandemic happened. You have these motherfuckers with a full <laughs> shopping cart, like pushing the thing through. They're standing there. And in the meantime, like half the other stuff isn't even being used. But it's funny, man, because they, they don't, at the like the wise next door to me or whatever they only have like two humans yeah like ever operating the thing mm-hmm. and the other the previous human lanes that were previously like done manually they turned those into automated one into yeah. self-checkout too so, so i think out with a conveyor belt i'm like that doesn't make any sense, it's, make any sense. wait it's automated with a conveyor belt it's it's self checkout, but it was just converted. It was a human one converted to a self checkout. So they had the conveyor belt and everything is still there. What am I going <laughs> to do? Put it all on there and then like press the button myself to move it to move it further. I actually, <laughs> I, like, I actually don't hate that idea. Yeah, I don't hate it either. It gives because, me more space to work because I I'm also in the same boat as as Jamie, um, where it's just like it's, it's more self checkout lanes than it is it just take but it just takes forever because you gotta scan everything then you gotta bag it then you gotta scan you gotta bag and then you gotta pay and whatever like it's i went there the night before thanksgiving which was like my mistake i guess yeah that's your bad like every motherfucker in lansdale was at the wise or something (laughs) so i'm like just sitting they took me like 30 minutes to check out but this is where jamie and and i this is where our heads are at with with two kids and uh (laughs) my buddy my my buddy in northern virginia went to one of those amazon stores where you just pick and go and it just charges you as you walk out i can't wait i can't wait for that oh really yeah they're supposed to bring one up here they're supposed to build one and uh I don't know, Telemensen or something. This is no suburban dad segment of all time. <laughs> Listen, us little people in the city still who haven't given up on our hopes and dreams. Yeah. It yeah. happens to us too that but what is but what is the amount? Like you you say I know I'd some say people thirty. I'd say like thirty, thirty five. But you got to think about now people carry bags and don't carry carts. So are we saying like two two bags, three bags? Oh, I'll, take, I'll take a cart in there. I'm yeah. not a cart in there? Yeah. Right. I mean, if you're only opening two lanes in a busy time, this isn't on me. That's on the store. Can't be a cart that has items falling out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you have to be like, I, I would say like the line of, of demarcation is like halfway up the cart. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, I agree. Uh and if it wasn't for bigger purchases, they wouldn't put the rotisserie chickens right at the entrance to the self-checkout. Yeah. That's not that's a real true. impulse buy. That, like, that's a meal. You know what I mean? So. Hey, where are you going? Are you going to the IGA? And, uh, no, I got and, the Acme, baby, on second <laughs> Gerard. Country at the Acme, where Acme. They, just, they literally just took all of the uh, self-checkout 
uh, lanes and yeah. reverted them on the other side of the store. And now they doubled in self-checkout lanes and only like one or two people are, are using the the, uh, the 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 people lanes is what we'll call it. But, you yeah. know, half yeah. the self-checkout things are already down. Yeah, um, that's the future. Someone, it's going to be all self-checkout. Yeah, I mean, you, you some items they need, like if you buy medicine or something like that, some items need need a person to come over and approve it and stuff. Yeah, so like, that's the job of the future. When everything turns to robots, the only job is going to be maintenance for the robots. Yeah, press, yeah. And, press, and press the button so I can buy my 20 yeah. milligram Tylenol. Yeah, when I put the wrong number in for the bananas, like you gotta come, somebody comes over and swipes with their car. Like those are the only gonna be the only only two. Yeah, jobs. I think I wrote a column about all this one time. And I got hate mail for it. <laughs> um, well, yours was yours was about Duncan, wasn't it? I think that was a separate one. I've just ran, I've I've written so many like rambling screeds for the website. Oh. I can't even keep them all straight. Now. I, I, you know, when, well, I knew inflation was real when the Acme five dollar hoagie went to six bucks. Yeah, don't even get me started on all that. I, I get bent over at the grocery store every week. It's brutal. It's a bloodbath every time. It's brutal. It's bloodbath. Yeah. I think what we're telling Pagan is to not have kids. <laughs> Listen, the, the Slack channel uh, chat that I'm in with you guys tells me enough. Oh, there it is. Yeah, there December is. of 2020. So this was during the pandemic when I had nothing else to write about. And we were all like just dying for content. You know? Yeah, that was a rough time. Man. When everybody was watching the Michael Jordan documentary because there was, there was like nothing else... Uh, yeah, well, I got so low, I was betting on English dart leagues. Yeah, that was a good one. <laughs> ping pong was yeah. fun for a little bit. Russian ping pong. They'd uh -huh. set up two tarps or four tarps. And, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll never, I'll never forget. I got on a heater with Jason Askew, some English dart player, and he was just tearing yeah. the world up. Were you throwing money down on like the uh, Tajikistan soccer league that was uh, that was up, and, like the K league, the Korean baseball? League? Hey, <laughs> Belarus really never shut down, baby. <laughs> <laughs> they kept, they kept yeah. Belarus, Belarus soccer strong. never shut down. Yeah. FC FC Minsk, I'm gonna throw a fiver on him. You know. Yeah. So. Hey Jamie, real quick, who do you, who you got? USA or, or Iran or Iran? I'm sorry. Iran, yeah, please. yeah. God, that was the weirdest press conference in the world the other day. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna go with the US. I think I think they're gonna push it. They know they can't tie. They got to go for it. Balls to the wall. Let's get Aronson and Reina in there a little earlier today and try some stuff out. And I, I think they'll take care of it. Love it. I heard I heard Aronson might be starting. Clint Dempsey proposed that he starts. Oh, Clint um, Dempsey proposed. Yeah, I don't know if uh, I don't know if he is or not, but I hope he does. Yeah. Let's get it back to the ABC coverage. Yeah, Bob Iger's back. Let's bet. Let's, let's buy the it, World Cup rights back. Alexi Lalas is he uh, is he hated in the soccer world too? Some yeah yeah, yeah. more more so now that yeah okay. he used to be like regarded as kind of harmless, but now he's kind of a pain angry. in the ass. Yeah. Craig, can you pull up the uh, the lineup? It just came out, supposedly. No Aronson. Mm. No, I mean, he hasn't started in any of the games before. I, I just know, but man, he's a dude, he, he's so much fun to watch out there. Like, he, he goes after him and Pulisic. Like, would they ever get the ball across the midfield if him and Pulisic were both out there in the midfield? I mean, those dudes literally, like, will just attack at the ankles and and just and get the Jamie, ball. Jamie, do you, do you, do you have a team like a Premier League team or whatever? Um so yes, um the answer is very lame and I'll tell you why. It's Man City. Uh, um it uh, was the World Cup back in what? 2008 when he was um going for Italy. Yeah. Me and my buddy were drinking in Minneapolis. We were, you know, getting more and more into soccer and I was like, I, all right, 
Balotelli went like end to end, pulled his shirt over his head, scored this goal, had this like blonde mohawk. And I was like, that's the T.O. of soccer. I was like, that guy's cool as hell. I'm just going to I'm just going to root for whoever his team is. That's okay though, man, because they hadn't because City hadn't won anything yet. Yeah, they were right on the cusp of uh, the chic money. And uh, yeah. Yeah, the oil shake, the oil shake money had not, yeah. not come in yet. Yeah. So I became a Man City guy, and it's kind of like becoming a fan of the Yankees. But I bought jerseys and shit. So what else, What other choice do I have? Yeah, I was a, I was a Man City guy because I love Jekko and FIFA. And then I was like, you know what? You're a loser if you if you like this team. So I'm a Tottenham fan, and I'll just be, I'll just be a loser by myself. With yeah, the yeah, yeah. I stuck with them. They were fun as hell to play on FIFA too. That didn't hurt. Okay. Zoom here in we- here. Zoom in here, uh, Craig. We got Matt Turner, Sergio. Oh, Kess, CCV is in, huh? All right, okay. Tyler Adams, Anthony Robinson, Eunice Musa, Weston yeah. McKinney, Christian Pulisic, team Tim Ream. Yeah, who's the CCV guy? Any good? Yeah, you probably know this. Did you see the story of Matt Turner, the goalie, how he almost quit soccer at Fairfield because he let in that like viral goal that like went around the world? Yeah, crazy, crazy. Yeah, where it, like yeah. went off his. He basically Jose Canseco did into the net and, <laughs> and got bullied online so bad that he almost yeah. quit soccer. I know, man. It's crazy. I mean, there's so many good stories with these guys too. I mean, it's just, a likable squad. Yeah, yeah, it is. I mean, Tim like, like, dad's the president of Liberia. Yeah, Tim Way is former so- player of the year. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the MLS haters will be happy though because they benched the one guy who one MLS guy in the starting lineup. But I don't know, man. I'm just you know my take on all this shit, Jamie. We don't have to like relitigate it here or whatever. I'm just I if, if people don't like the sport, they don't have to like it. I'm just I think we moved away a little bit from people like actively shitting on it, you know. So that's, yeah, that's that's, that's a plus. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean it was I mean I didn't watch I didn't watch one union game all year. I watched the last two. I watched the semifinals and the finals and they were one was good and then one was heart wrenching. But you know what? They were entertaining and I was like, you know what that, that, pretty cool. That LA game was really entertaining. It's a shame they lost, but that was an entertaining game. Yeah, yeah. It really was. Well, bro, thank you so much, man, for coming on. We miss hey, you. Talk to you, Jamie. Guys. Good luck with everything, and we uh, we can't wait to see what's next. Yeah, I'll be uh, I'll be out and about soon. So uh, freed from my uh, my basement and my children. Yeah. All right. I await right, the guys. I await the day. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, man. Good luck, awesome. brother. All right. <laughs> I'll see you guys. Thanks, see you later. Thanks. Thanks. Well, I guess we did Iran USA preview. Um, Can I just say real quick? I, I just wanted to talk about this real quick. The shit that the Iranian media <laughs> was asking these guys yesterday, the press conference, they asked them about the United States warships in the yeah. Persian Gulf. They asked them it's, about visas. It's because you know why the, the ship is there? Because you fucked around and now you found out. Now yeah, the ship is yeah. there. So let's just not let's let's not like. Let's just call it what it is here. Okay. This is a murderous, theocratic, authoritarian regime that treats women like dog shit and murders protesters. Let's not like beat around the bush when we're talking about Iran and the state sponsored uh, journalists there that are asking these questions. We've got shit we got to fix here in the United States. We're not fucking Iran. Okay. So, like, I don't care who, who, what people think of that. Let's, let's just. Let's not like get it mixed up here, you know. I, I love that because you know, you know, Burhalter was like, "Man, my biggest issue is is do I play Reina, do I play Aronson, or do I play Sargent?" And it's like that is bearing down on Iran right off the coast. Yeah, why have you not asked the president to remove the fleet from the Persian Gulf? What the fuck do you want me to say? Man? I'm just a soccer coach. This know? is our this is our fifth most popular sport in this country. What are you talking about? I would just say this too. Like, I want to make this point real quick. It was stupid for the U.S. soccer people to mess with the flag on the the graphic or why are you messing with that in the first place it's stupid because the people who did that didn't have to answer for it they put the coach and the player up there and then they had to answer all these questions about why did you alter 
our flag, you know, so that was stupid. But, you know, the other thing is like, I can't even imagine the amount of pressure on, on these Iran players because they come out and speak out about the protests that are going on in their country. They get fucking kidnapped. They're like, you know, thrown in jail or their relatives get attacked or whatever. So, you know, imagine you got all that pressure and all that weight on your shoulders and, and you want to say something. Their best player, this guy, Osmond, came out I and mean, he was like one of the first players on social media to support the protests going on over there. And he basically said, I don't give a shit. What are you going to do? Not call me into the, the national team ever again? Like, it's worth it. You know, so I, I can't like I seriously I can't. You know, for all the talk about Iran and the, all their their bullshit over there, like it shouldn't be on the players. You know what I mean? Like the players are like under an immense amount of pressure. And they got like minders who are watching them and they're not allowed to leave. They're not allowed to talk to foreigners at the World Cup. You know, so that whole thing, I, I feel for them, you know. Sounds like a 4 nothing USA victory. I think they're the round of 16. I think they win. I, I think it's going to be like cagey, but maybe like one nothing or something. So Ugh, I don't know if I can deal with a one nothing victory. I want I want two. I want three. I want goals. Give me some goals. Yeah. Because I know a lot of people were happy about the the tie against England. Yeah. I wasn't so much, Kev. It didn't do anything for them. It, it, I mean, it, it had didn't so change the fact that they needed to win this one. Yeah. I mean, they had so many chances that it was just like you wanted to see him really put one in. I got screwed. I don't know if you saw this. DraftKings, um, I had over half of Kristen Pulisic shots on goal. Did you know shots on goal does not count if you hit the crossbar? Yeah, it's really stupid because stupid, they, yeah. I know they they count it as the, they count the frame as not being part of the the goal area, which I think is stupid because if you. I don't, I don't know. I can't think of another cross sport comparison, but yeah, you got you got screwed out of a whatever money you spent there, however many units you spent on that. I would say it's close to like tip backs when you're thinking about rebounds and stuff in the NBA when guys tip it back to the uh, to like the point guard or out by the out by midcourt. Oh, when they, like that, but they give people the rebounds. They give they yeah. give you the rebound on that. So. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of iffy. Yeah, I don't know. It's interesting. I, I, you know, I don't know how many people are betting on soccer that never bet before, but it's it's weird. It's there's a lot of different stuff. You know, I'm gonna uh, raise my hand. You, on you that look one. at the lines, and it's like they're like, oh, why is why are they only like a plus one ten favorite? Well, because there can be a draw that happens too. I mean, there's so many different little things with that. You know, post an NHL yeah, or not shots either. Thank you, yeah. thank you, Philly fan. Post an NHL or not shots either. Yeah. Um. Did you see the fake Ronaldo goal last night? I know we're, we're going over, but I just wanted to talk about it. The Ronaldo goal, the they're calling it the haircut, the hair goal or something like that, the haircut but goal. I, well, but FIFA, I thought, ruled it for Bruno, Bruno Fernandez. Fernandez. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, they, but the, uh, books, the books didn't do that? The books the books rooted for Bruno Fernandez. I saw points back gave money back. I didn't see any other ones that gave money back. Oh. I mean, you can't. You didn't, you didn't even touch it. What do you? I don't know. I don't know. It's great. Know. It's great. Yeah. But they awarded it to him. So, I mean, people like probably got it in their account and then, oh, we're going to have to take that one back. Yeah. So. yeah. I don't know. I'm just glad. I, look, I mean, I'm glad that people are watching and enjoying it. I, I was wondering, you know, in November, like with the NFL going on and Sixers and hockey, like are people going to give a shit about the World Cup? Yeah, you know, it seems like a lot of people are watching it and enjoying it's, it. So that's all I can really ask for. It's you. the best because, I, I, like I said, this is the best time, you know, to bet on the sports. You go from 8 a.m. to midnight. You know, with all the tournaments for college basketball and everything. That's true. That's true. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, the games are on early, so that's that's better. Yeah, I, I remember, you know, I remember watching the like the 2002 World Cup in Japan or whatever. I was up at like like two in the morning watching shit in in Korea and Japan. You know, so it was, yeah, it was wild. I mean, this is this is perfect. You know, so yeah, no, it is great. Um, I'm watching FIFA Uncover too. It's awesome on Netflix. If you get a chance to watch it. Great. Yeah, I've heard good things about that. The platter just basically like, yeah, I'm like the most corrupt guy in the world. Yeah. But I never took a bribe. (laughs) That's what Yeah, right, right. No, I mean they're all corrupt. It's yeah, those stories are crazy. 
there's there's yeah, no Jack shortage Blazer. of crazy FIFA shit, you know. Uh, Blazer, the guy, the Blazer, Chuck Blazer, he Chuck had an Blazer. apartment for his cats that was six thousand dollars a month, only for his cats in New York. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, this guy Jeffrey Webb, I talked to him at mm-hmm. the uh, Gold Cup in. 2015 in philadelphia and then like three years later he got arrested or something i was looking at old pictures from that press conference it was like mayor nutter it was like jeffrey webb and some other guy and like two of the 10 people up there were like arrested uh like like three (laughs) like three years later you know uh uh, all right that was your world cup minute um anything else you got nah man we maybe we can talk about the torts thing on thursday save that for thursday all right I thought that was interesting. Um, him, him, his non-controversy with the media. You know? Yeah, and then he had a good quote today that he thinks uh, Morgan Frost is like a toilet seat. He's up and down, up and down, up and down. So yeah, I don't know was, if that's like the greatest compliment you can pay pay to a player. You know? Yeah, no. I mean, hey, if, this is, if those are the kind of quotes you need to write your story, those are the kind of quotes you need to write your story. So. <laughs> well, I'll take that quote and I'll do a story about it. So All right, thank you, well, thank you, Torts. That is the broadcast crossing broadcast for today. Thank you to Kev. Thank you to the bro, Jamie Lynch. Thank you to Craig behind the scenes on the ones and twos. I am Kyle Pagan. We will talk to you on Thursday. Go USA.